Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. What exactly lurks in the woods? On January 30th, 2008, a man pleaded guilty to crimes committed in the deep woods of various national parks. A man who just may have committed more crimes than convicted of. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On October 21st, 2007, a retired couple and avid hikers, John and Irene Bryant, left their Horseshoe, North Carolina home and went to hike through the Pisgah National Forest. Leaving their maroon Ford Escape at the Yellow Gap Road near Route 276, the 80- and 84-year-old went on their way and were never seen alive ever again. Two weeks later, with friends and family concerned, the Henderson County Sheriff's Office was called and immediately, a search for the Bryants consisting of more than 30 volunteers cadaver dogs, and a helicopter was launched. All they knew by this point was that the couple went off hiking and that according to their phone records, they attempted to call 911 on the day of their disappearance but had lost signal. On November 10th, 2007, the search party stumbled upon the body of a female on the Barnett Branch Trail covered in leaves. Realizing that they might have found Irene, the body was sent to the medical examiner's office for autopsy, and three days later, the body was positively identified. They were also able to determine that Irene, in her final moments, had been bludgeoned to death with a blunt object. Realizing the missing person's case was now a homicide, one perpetrated on federal land, the FBI launched its own investigation with an award of $10,000 to whoever could provide information that led to the killer, while the search efforts continued to look for John Bryant. Around the same time, it was revealed that a bank card belonging to the Bryants was used in Ducktown, Tennessee to withdraw $300 from an ATM with a camera. On the footage, there was an older white man wearing a yellow rain jacket that unfortunately was obscuring his face. With John still being treated as a missing person, possibly abducted by the man who killed his wife, the search efforts came to an end when, on February 3rd, 2008, 
a hunter walking in the Nantahala National Forest accidentally stumbled upon a human skull. Finding a pelvis and spine about 20 yards away, with no clothing or identification, the bones were sent off to a medical examiner where, two days later, they were identified as belonging to John Bryant. Now, before John's body was ever found, on December 3rd, 2007, 46-year-old resident of Crawfordville, Florida, Cheryl Hodges Dunlop, failed to show up to her nursing job at Florida State University. Finding the behavior out of the ordinary, and after her abandoned white Toyota Camry was found just north of the county line, her colleagues reported her missing, and five days later, a search party of 180 was organized. On December 16, 2007, a hunter passing through the Apalachicola National Forest with his dogs found the decapitated, decomposing body of a female and reported it to the state authorities. It was later identified as Cheryl Hodges Dunlap through DNA profiling, and her death was classified as a homicide. Searching for a suspicious green truck seen in the area being driven by a man who used her ATM card on five different occasions, over the next handful of days, tips began flooding into the local police department, talking about a strange houseless man with a dog who was seen driving a 2001 Chevrolet Astro van. Though this did not lead anywhere at the time, rumors started to spread that there might be a serial killer operating in Georgia and Florida. A killer that would eventually come to be known as the National Forest Serial Killer. Police, however, continued to investigate Cheryl's murder as an isolated homicide. Then came another case. On New Year's Day of 2008, 24-year-old sales manager Meredith Hope Emerson decided to go to the Freeman Trail on Blood Mountain in Vogel State Park for a hike with her dog, Ella. Whether she noticed this or not is unknown, but according to witnesses on the trail that day, there was an older man and his dog that seemed to be following Meredith on her hike. Then, on January 3, 2008, authorities located her abandoned 1995 Chevrolet Cavalier and inside found a water bottle, dog leash, and police baton. Hearing the witness statements, police started searching for the man and found out that he was 61-year-old Gary Hilton, a local drifter known for his odd behavior and vicious temper. Born January 22, 1946, Gary was known to walk the trail with his dog Dandy, and, realizing that he might be involved in the disappearance, or at the very least, have some valuable information, police announced that he was a person of interest in Meredith's missing persons case, and asked for him to come forward for questioning. A day after this announcement was made, Meredith's dog, Ella, was found wandering a grocery store parking lot. She was returned to the family. Then, on January 5th, local authorities found a number of items belonging to Meredith in a dumpster in Cumming. This included her wallet, driver's license, a University of Georgia ID card, a blood-stained car seatbelt, and her bloodied clothing. Fearing the absolute worst, just five hours after the items were found, Gary Michael Hilton was arrested after a witness called the police to tell them that their person of interest was trying to clean his van at a Chevron station. At the time of his arrest, he was about to bleach the interior of his van. Able to stop him in time, when the vehicle was swabbed, 
the blood found inside matched Meredith Emerson's DNA. Charged with her murder and kidnapping based on the evidence, like matching the found seatbelt with the one missing from his van, in exchange for dropping the death penalty, Gary agreed to reveal the location of Meredith's remains. Led to the Dawson Forest Management Center, police found the young woman's decapitated body. According to Gary, he abducted the hiker in order to take her bank cards and pin, and when he got what he wanted, he repeatedly beat her over the head with a tire iron before decapitating her in an effort to prevent identification. He later pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life imprisonment with the possibility of parole in 30 years. Seeing the connection between Meredith's case and that of Cheryl Dunlap, in September of 2009, a hiker found camping supplies belonging to Gary and turned them over to the Florida authorities to assist with an upcoming trial. He was charged with Cheryl's murder and, despite his efforts to fight extradition, Gary was taken to Leon County in June of 2008 and remanded to await his trial. Once in the courtroom, the prosecutor told jurors that Gary Hilton abducted Cheryl Dunlap from the Leon Sinks geological area and held her captive for two days before killing and then decapitating her. He then threw her head and hands into a fire pit in an effort to eliminate evidence and dumped the rest of her body in the forest. When the defense claimed that there was no forensic proof to back their story, the prosecution reminded everyone that Gary had claimed on tape that he disposed of Cheryl's body. After just four hours of deliberation, a jury found him guilty on three of the four charges and recommended the death penalty. And that's exactly what he was given on February 22nd, 2011. Not finished with the National Forest serial killer, in 2012, Gary was brought to trial for the murders of John and Irene Bryant. As part of a plea deal, he admitted to the crime and was given an additional life sentence without a chance for parole. During the hearings, he claimed he killed Irene on the spot and kidnapped John in order to get their bank details. Finished with him, he then shot the victim in the head with a 22 Magnum and dumped his body in the switchbacks. Now, while Gary was going back and forth from trial to trial, criminal profilers from the FBI and agencies from all over the country attended the proceedings in order to interview the killer. In doing so, according to criminologist Eric Hickey, they determined that Gary Michael Hilton was likely responsible for a number of other murders that took place before 2007. Skeptical that he started his career as a serial killer so late in life, they believe he is a suspect in the following unsolved murders. That of Judy Smith, 51, whose bones and personal items were found in the Pisgah National Forest in September of 1997 and was last seen five months earlier. 20-year-old Jason Knapp, a Clemson University student who disappeared in 1998 from Table Rock State Park and declared legally dead in 2018. Rosanna Miliani, 26, a hiker from Miami who was last seen with an older man at a store in Bryson City, North Carolina in 2005, and Michael Scott Lewis, 27, a South Daytona man who went missing in November of 2007 and whose dismembered remains were found by a fisherman in Ormond Beach. He remains a suspect in these cases. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. 
Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on January 31st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.